0: I'd like you to get out your hymnals, the St. Michael hymnal in front of your pew and open it to page 819, hymn number 819. Don't worry, Father Pollard and I will not be singing at you today. This is not a solo or a duet. You may have noticed the weather over the past week or so, has transitioned suddenly and dramatically from being rather pleasant and congenial to a Californian like myself to rapidly moving into wintry territory. What happened to fall? What happened to the gracious transition of the season? Seems all rather jarring. The truth of the matter is, in the same way the liturgical season of ordinary time is drawing to a close and the church is preparing herself for Advent the themes of Advent are all about hopeful expectation and waiting for the Lord but before we get to these themes the church draws our attention to the fact that this world is passing away that we must be ready that we must be wakeful and watchful. And so, we don't just wait until Advent comes upon us. In these last weeks of ordinary time, in the Gospels and in the prayers, the Church directs us to begin focusing our minds on the fact that just like the seasons, there is a cycle to life. Our life has an end. We must be prepared to meet our Maker. God has invited us with a gracious gift to communion with him. But we also have to be ready to render account for how we've made use of this gracious gift. The gospel today of the ten virgins, five wise and five foolish, is commemorated in a beautiful hymn which you see in front of you. Wake, awake, for night is flying. This hymn was written by a German Lutheran pastor at the end of the 16th century. Philip Nicolai had witnessed in the space of about six months 1,500 of his flock, of his parishioners die due to a plague. 1,500. He was conducting on and off Roughly 300 funerals every other day. Groups, families, whole communities were dying. For Nikolai, the sense of our life's finitude, the fact that we will have to render account, was very much present. He felt the end. He felt the way in which God's gift is great, but so too will we have to render account. And so he took this gospel, which we just heard proclaimed, and wrote this beautiful hymn in response to the fact that God gives us such a generous gift, but that we have to respond, that we have to be ready to give account. Wake, awake, for night is flying. The watchmen on the heights are crying. Awake, Jerusalem, arise. Midnight hears the welcome voices and at the thrilling cry rejoices. Oh, where are ye, ye virgins wise? The bridegroom comes, awake. The lamps with gladness take. Hallelujah with bridal care thyselves prepare to meet the bridegroom who is near consider the context he still says hallelujah the bridegroom is near it's all the more amazing when you consider How bleak things must have seemed. How oppressive. How dark. How dispiriting. The image of God as the bridegroom recurs throughout the Old Testament. And Israel is the bride. At times faithless. At times not abiding by her groom. And yet, God is faithful. God is seeking her out. God is extending his hand. And so we hear, where are ye, ye virgins wise? For the hour is coming. It's only by God's gift that we're able to have the faith. It's only by God's gift that we've been called to be here. So what have we done? How have we responded? Jesus, the bridegroom, is near, even if he has seemed long delayed, even if in all the circumstances of our lives he seems so very far away. Even if everything around us seems like it's falling apart, Hallelujah! With bridal care, thy selves prepare. Three hundred funerals a day, and Nikolai still says, "Hallelujah!" Zion hears the watchman singing. And all her heart with joy is springing. She wakes, she rises from her gloom. For her Lord comes down, all glorious, the strong in grace, in truth, victorious. Her star is risen, her light is come. Now come, thou blessed one, Lord Jesus, God's own Son. Hail, Hosanna, the joyful call we answer all and follow to the nuptial hall. The second verse transitions subtly. Now it's no longer just the ten virgins but the Virgin Church, Zion, the Bride of Christ. And her heart thrills to the call of her groom, even as she is in the midst of gloom, even as she suffers here on earth, even as she experiences the trials and the torments of the not yet, of the delay of her beloved. And so she exclaims, now come thou blessed one. Just as we in the church are constantly praying, come quickly, Lord Jesus. And as we rely ourselves every day on God's grace, as we come to this altar and say, come into my heart and my soul, Lord Jesus. Come, bridegroom of my soul and sustain me. Lift me out of my gloom, out of my torments, out of my trials. Bring me to this wedding feast which is but a prefiguration of that wedding feast of the Lamb, which knows no end and admits of no sorrow. And so he goes on in verse 3. Now let all the heavens adore thee. Let men and angels sing before thee with harp and cymbals clearest tone. Of one pearl, each shining portal. We're dwelling with the choir immortal. We gather round thy radiant throne. No vision ever brought. No ear hath ever caught such great glory. Therefore will we eternally sing hymns of praise and joy to thee the fulfillment of every Mass the fulfillment of every prayer the fulfillment of all our longing and all our waiting of all of our storing up the oil of charity the oil of formed faith of good works done through the inspiration of the Holy Spirit, even in the midst of sorrow and woe, this fulfillment is nothing less, nothing less than seeing God as He is, being able to praise Him, being fulfilled in all that we are, and finally experiencing what it truly means to be wise. Seeing things through God's own eyes. Seeing truth itself. And so as seasons change, as leaves fall away, as we go through the highs and the lows, as we bury our dead and as we mourn the pains and the losses, whatever they may be, in our own lives, we still exclaim, hallelujah, the bridegroom is coming, and we go with joyful hearts to the wedding feast.